Hello and welcome to another episode of the Iconic Womanhood Podcast. Today, I want to share with you 10 things every iconic woman should have. And guess what? I'm going to give you 10 and a bonus one because, you know, I always like to go the extra mile. (laughs) Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Iconic Womanhood Podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the wisdom of authentic, brilliant, conscious, and creative women from all around the world. This podcast will leave you inspired, empowered, and equipped to become truly iconic. And now, here is your host, Akena. She is a transformational coach and speaker. Number one, and these are in no particular order. An iconic woman should have great foundations. Mm -hmm. And I mean on the inside and on the outside. So, you know, when you have a fabulous dress, your foundational garments, yes, this is an old school term, your Spanx, your, you know... (laughs) Whatever it is you use to keep it all together, keep it smooth, keep it tight, if that's what you want. Those things are so important for the outfit to look the way it needs to look. In fact, no matter how expensive the outfit is, if you don't have the right undergarments, you can make it look cheap. So you need great foundations, but you don't just need them on your body. You need them in yourself. On the inside, the inner foundations, when you have them, they create self-mastery, emotional intelligence, the ability to have true resilience, to really self-heal, to break through your blocks, so that no matter what you face in life, you can keep moving forward. You can design your life. You can figure things out. It gives you a lot of power when you have the right foundations. And when you don't have the right foundations, you know, the scripture that says, if the foundations be broken, what can the righteous do? Even in a practical sense, if you only focus on the top layer, right? The top layer of life. So many focus on just that. Like I want to, whatever the goals are, get a great job, get married, all the things that women typically highlight as their things that they say, these are signs of success, but you don't really do the work to be the woman. Sometimes those things are not sustainable. Sometimes you don't make the best choices. Trust me, I've been in this business for a long time and I've had the opportunity to speak to so many women across the diaspora. And so often I meet highly successful women who everyone thinks, oh my God, if I could just have your life, women with great titles, women with money, but at the end of the day, they've spent a lot of time and effort building a life that they don't really want to live. They have something else that they desire, but because they didn't have the foundations, which is that piece of knowing yourself, knowing what really matters, knowing the kind of life you want, having a vision, clarity, right? It's not just setting goals for what other people say you should set goals. It's really getting clear on who you are, how you were created, 
what you really want. And that allows you to choose the right partner for yourself. It allows you to design a work life that makes sense for you because what everyone wants may not work for you. And it's so important to have that awareness of yourself so that you can be true to yourself because that is really the seat of fulfillment. It really is. And so taking that time to really know yourself makes such a difference. Just like the outer foundational garments, you know, they they help you showcase your curves and smooth out your bumps. The inner foundation does exactly the same. When you know yourself, then as life comes your way, you're able to smooth things out, right? Because you can figure out, oh, this works better for me. Let me tweak it this way, right? But the other thing that can happen is you can showcase your curves, so to speak. You know what makes you more valuable. You know what makes you shine. You know what makes you, quote unquote, iconic. So many women don't know. So many women don't have a clear sense of their unique value because so many of us have been taught to perform our womanhood. And so we're constantly looking outside. Well, how is she doing it? How is this other person doing it? And I, and if you don't believe me, think about the number of women I was just reading about, and I'm, you know, going to come back to that statement of the number of women. I was just reading about how Kim Kardashian has now taken out her implants and, you know, she's going through a very, like now when you look at her, I haven't, to be honest, I'm, I don't follow her uh, well enough to know. I know who she is, obviously, but I don't follow her well enough to know the big changes. I did know when she had the whole BBL craze, right? And so now she's taking that off, right? And just think about it when she, I think she popularized it. And so many women, I'm not a fan of the BBL. I'm just going to be very honest. For those of you that are doing that, hey, this is not um, a knock on you. For me, and I, I guess I have a big butt, so I may not be the best person to speak to, but I've never really been a fan of um, that BBL look but she made it popular. So, so you see so many women looking externally to determine what beauty looks like, right? Versus looking internally and saying, this is what my unique beauty is. And this is how I'm going to bring that out. Like I'm very clear about certain things about my body, what makes me most desirable. I have clarity on some of my most attractive areas. And it's not even the like obvious, right? Like your hips or whatever. Even for me, I've talked about it on this podcast before. One of the areas that I find that that is just it for me and <laughs> for me. And I often will showcase it with um, outfits that show my, my neckline, right? So my decolletage, the skin quality, but also just the way it looks, right? It's a very elegant part of me, and I feel most desirable when that's well showcased. I don't. Uh, sometimes I'll wear turtlenecks, but it's not. It's not one of my go-to looks, right? So having that that self mastery really goes a long way, and I've just showcased how it goes a long way for the you know emotional intelligence, those types of things, the those intangible skills those intangible things you need, but also for the tangible things. Those are your foundations. If you don't have good foundations, wherever the wind blows, 
today you're going to be chasing that BBL look. Tomorrow you're going to be chasing something else because that's what they say. But when you know women who have very firm foundations in their look, they're often very classic. They may shift a little bit here and there to add, you know, little trend, but they do not, they're not enslaved to trends at all. And I highly recommend that you do the foundational work, right? Because iconic women are never enslaved to anything. In fact, they always stand out. And so if everyone's going left very often, they will, <laughs> they might go left with a hint of a right. Okay. So you want to have great foundations. The second thing that an iconic woman should have straight talk. I know we're talking about resting in your femininity and soft life, please, but I'm going to break it down from an auntie, from a mom, from a woman, all of the above. An iconic woman should have money. Should I say that again? An iconic woman should have money. You should have enough money to live the life that works best for you. So if luxury suits you, then that needs to be where you're thinking. Like, I need to create that level of wealth, right? Now, I want you to know, this is for all women, you have the ability to create wealth within you. You do not have to be dependent on any other human being. I'm not saying that it's something. there's something wrong with that, because sometimes you will, right? You will contribute in other ways. There are many women who work inside of the home, who are mothers, who are homemakers. And I believe being a homemaker is a position that should have a salary, quite honestly, because it's hard work and we don't honor it enough. So this is not about every woman has to be working outside of the home. But if you are going to be a homemaker, for example, in a marriage, and your spouse is the financial bringing in the cash, right? You're both providing, you're both pouring in certain types of value, but he's bringing in the monetary value, then there has to be, you need to have access to the money in some way, right? There has to be some sort of agreement so that you are not impoverished in that situation, so that you are not disempowered in that situation. If you are in a situation like that, where you don't have access to money, where you have to, you know, beg, uh, borrow, steal to get money because you're working inside of the home, then I highly recommend you find something to do, whether it's a business on the side or something, whether it's investments, whatever it is, but you should have money. It's so important to be able to take care of yourself. It's so important to be financially empowered. When you are financially disempowered, it changes everything. It creates such stress. And sometimes it's not about having any money at all. Sometimes it's that you need more money. And some of us have become so comfortable with having less. It's just normal for us. And we just say, yes, I don't have the money. I don't have the money, right? Uh, I spoke to a young woman recently who had said to me, I want to take your course, but I'll look and see how much it costs when I get some money. And I said to her, let me, can I challenge you? I want to challenge you with something. If you have this idea that, when I have money, then I'll look to see the cost of the things I want. Money answereth all things, right? Which is a scripture, but I'm just going to tweak it for a minute. I want you to just hold on to this idea. When you give it something to answer to. 
So very often we have ideas, we have things we want to do. I, I've talked about this before where I have many people who come to me and they want to start a business, they want to do something or the other, right? Some project and they've never costed it out. You have to count the cost. They're like, oh, I just know I don't have the money. Well, how do you know yet? Count the cost. Count the cost. And then when you get to this next level, which is, you know, when I work with the woman in my mastermind, when I practice this every single day, when you get to that place of being in a purposeful and a prosperous path and you understand how to activate these things, and I teach this in the Iconic Womanhood course in the Purpose and Prosperity Masterclass, when you really understand certain things, you learn how to activate you can sit in the place of possibility and really make some powerful steps on faith and then nothing is impossible. Nothing. Like you, this idea, I want to do this. You don't necessarily know how, but it comes to pass. It comes to pass. And I'm not talking about woo-woo, right? There is a, it sounds like that, but there is a strategy to it. There is a strategy to it, both practical and mystical. But it starts with you saying, I'm breaking up with being broke. I'm be- I'm breaking up with having less. It starts with you saying that. It starts with you saying whatever it is that threshold is has to become like nothing. Like if you look at $1,000 as a lot of money today, make that decision. You know what? I don't want that. I want to look at it as nothing. I want to, mo- I want to go to that next level. And you can because this is the promise of God for all of us. If you decide that that's what you want. You can access your ability to be more prosperous. Like I said, in the Iconic Womanhood course, I break this down. I break this down. It's so important that an iconic woman has access to money, has money, has wealth. And it doesn't matter where you are today. None of us are where we want to be, Right. We're still moving forward because you keep getting perfected until the perfect day, but you're not where you used to be, hopefully. And you can take intentional steps to move forward. So if you have a place where you feel as if, gosh, I wish I could have more, I want you to understand the void. Whenever there's a void, that is an opportunity for creation energy to show up. You know how they say necessity is the mother of invention. So understand and and it's not lack is not the same thing as necessity purpose is what makes it turn into necessity because people get comfortable with lack all the time but when you say oh i don't have what i need but i'm going to get what i need that shifts it into that necessity then you're able to activate the creative energy that you have within you because you come from god and the god we serve said Let there be light. And there was light. You have that ability within you, but you cannot access it until you get to the place where you're no longer comfortable with lack. You're no longer comfortable with just having less. And you're no longer comfortable putting it in someone else's plate for them to do the work, for them to do the heavy lifting. I have talked about why soft life, you know, I I make jokes about it, but, and I often say the true soft life is a spirit led life. And I've always maintained that I don't know this femininity that requires you not to do anything that is ornamental. I don't know that. I don't subscribe to it. You can have a soft life, but it doesn't mean you don't work. 
it means that you understand how to work in your flow. You understand who you are when you get the foundations right, right? I have a business, I work, but I work in things that I'm designed to do. So it doesn't feel hard. And so this idea of luxury and black girl luxury, I love it for you. But again, all things in their season, it shouldn't be putting you in debt. You shouldn't be dependent on anyone to get it for you. It's nice if they do, but we need to be thinking about our money and our wealth very strategically, very intentionally. And no matter where you are today, think about where you want to be tomorrow and start taking steps there. Number three, an iconic woman should have autonomy and agency. Autonomy and agency go hand in hand. You have the ability to determine this is the kind of life I want, and you are empowered enough to drive your own life. You can live your life by your design and not by someone else's default. It's so important that we don't yield that agency. We don't yield that autonomy. Now, I know that some people will come and say to me, well, what about being submissive? True submission should not require you to yield your agency and your autonomy. Because you can't, if you don't have autonomy, you can't even really submit. You're subjugated. If you don't have the agency to do anything, you're subjugated. So there's no submission in that. A lot of people conflate the three, subjugation, subservience, and submission. But submission implies that you have some power that you can bring under the overall mission. And so if you're in a submissive relationship, so to speak, and this is something that I think is so important that we we have a real conversation on, I would never be able to, and I can't, and I'm a mom of girls and I speak to women all the time. And I know many women who have incredible relationships with their spouses and they consider their spouses heads of household. I would fall into that category, right? I would never be with a man I couldn't submit to. That's just the truth. Never, that's not something I will choose. That being said, submission does not look like my word is law and I can't even speak up. No, that's not what that looks like in a marriage. That's not what that looks like in a healthy relationship. What it looks like is having a conversation. Here's what I'm thinking of doing. Here's, you know, the situation on ground. You know, what do you think? Let's discuss it. Let's discuss it. And then when there's an agreement, okay, let's do it how you say, okay. Here might, even if you have, um, you don't agree all the time, right? I have some reservations about this path, but you know what? I'm willing to follow your leadership in this area, but please be mindful of X, Y, Z, right? That's a conversation where there is leadership, but there's still agency and autonomy. This coercive leadership style that is being um, offered as a, a form of masculinity is actually not the healthiest. There will be times, though, in any situation where it's like, come on, let's go. And you don't ask too many questions because, hey, that's, the, you know, if, if there's a war breaking out, then you move because that's how much trust you must have in whoever is leading. But there's also going to be times when you're the one leading. You're the one leading. And that's the reality of any relationship. So if you read further down in scripture, it says, submit ye one to another. There is also a mutual submission that must be happening as well. 
And so if you as a woman believe that because you're in your feminine, it means that you have ceded your responsibility, your autonomy, your authority, your power, you've given that all away, you're just a, a helpless woman waiting for someone, that's a falsehood. You're actually powerful. You're called to be a help meet. And so you need your agency. You need your autonomy. You need your thinking cap on. And anyone who tries to take that away from you, you should be mindful. They're doing you a disservice and doing themselves a disservice. You can be a partner. You can be a woman who is submitted even, right? You can be without giving away your your power, your autonomy and agency. It is important. You have to be able to reclaim your feminine voice, which is a whole module in, it's a whole masterclass in one of my, um, in my Iconic Womanhood course, because so many women don't understand how to reclaim their power. Like you've given it away. We've been taught that being powerful means being hard and being, you know, being pushy and being emasculating. There's so many of us that learned that. And so some of us just gave it away, right? Because we didn't want to be that way. We want to be, you know, agreeable. We want to, you know, be that sweet, um, kind wife. You can be a sweet, kind wife and still maintain your autonomy and agency. You should, one of the things I love about living in the South, when you meet a true Southern belle, a true Southern belle, they're unmatched. Without raising her voice, without any words that are nasty, she will let you know that she's not accepting anything less than what she plans to accept and that you are going to toe the line. Oh, she will, she will set her boundaries. It's such a beautiful thing to see when you see it in action, a true Southern Belle. There are not very many true Southern Bells anymore, but it is a beautiful thing to see. And that's why for me in that module, in that, in that session, talking about reclaiming your feminine voice under in the Iconic Womanhood course, it's for me, that whole piece is so that you learn how to fully stand in your feminine power, how to be powerful without being hard, how to rise into the levels of betterness that you're called to so you didn't get trapped in the valley of bitterness. So you have a true sense of your authentic confidence and power. You have divine empowerment. It is critical that an iconic woman has that. Next, an iconic woman should have friends. Yes, you need friends. You know, it's so interesting to me when I think about how God says, we, I am a friend of God. We are friends of God. We need friends. This piece about fellowship is so critical. Forsake not the fellowship of the brethren. We need friends and we need, need diverse friends. And you need friends who can be there for your mountaintops and for your valleys. That's so important. Some of us don't have friends. You only have friends who can be there for your valleys. They love to see you struggling, but they, they get threatened when they see you rising. And then there are those that are only interested in mountaintops. When, when you're rising and you're doing it, they want to be around you. But when you start to struggle, they don't want to be anywhere near you. 
I would be mindful of such people because you want people who really honor your successes, but never will think less of you for your failures. Friends who can laugh with you, friends who can drink champagne with you, (laughs) but if need be, they can sit on a mattress and cry into some cheap wine in a plastic cup. Okay. (laughs) You know, who remembers who was in college here and, you know, those red cups, (laughs) thankfully those days are gone for most of us. But let me tell you, I'll tell you this about also being an iconic woman. I I believe an iconic woman should be able to be iconic no matter what her circumstances are. Whether you are living in a palace or you're living in a shack, those are just your external circumstances. They do not define who you are. And so if you are cooking on a wolf range with, you know, Le Creuset, how do you pronounce that? I think I said it properly, I hope. And if not, feel free to send me the proper pronunciation. Les Crusades or Les Crusettes, whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. The fine, if whatever, some other fine cookware. And you're making delicious, you know, food, French food, whatever it is. You should be just as sure of yourself and, and just as confident and feel just as worthy as when you are cooking on firewood and you're making, you know, kwabi or something, whatever it is you're doing, you should feel just as comfortable because those are your external circumstances. They don't define who you are. And life has its ebbs and its flows. And sometimes on the journey that God is going to take you through, you may find yourself in a place that feels as if you're not on the journey to success. But guess what? You are on path. Joseph went from being the favorite son of a wealthy man to becoming a slave and to becoming a prisoner. But guess what? He was on his way to the palace. So don't let any of that define you. You need friends who will be there no matter what. Friends who see you no matter what. Friends who honor you no matter what. And when a person shows you they're not capable of that, I honestly believe, honor that truth. You don't have to force people to be what they're not. If people, when you're in a valley experience, show you they're not able to hang with you in the valley, when you get back up to the mountaintop, I personally do not recommend bringing them back into your inner circle. Because if they can't be with you on your valleys, They're not the best people to be with you when you're at the mountaintop. So please pay attention and feel free to let people move in and out of those circles as need be. Next, an iconic woman should have an awareness of how to dress to suit her body for a maximum impact. You know, I I shared with you earlier about my decolletage and how I really love that and I love a good V-neck. I know that for me, my shape is often a winner. Although sometimes, (laughs) you know, if I've had a little bit too much rice, a little bit too much, uh, you know, something, something, and my my tummy isn't doing what I'd like it to do, I'm also going to be in a, a looser fit. Not because there's any shame in your body, but you know, you know what works for you. 
And so you should have an awareness of what works, what colors work best on you, what shapes work best on you. You should have a go-to look for any occasion that you feel comfortable and confident in. I think an iconic woman should have heels that she can strut in in, and cute sneakers to wear when she wants to be more comfortable because it's really for you, right? And you have to define these things for yourself. When you feel good, you look good. When you look good, you feel good. And getting really comfortable with yourself and your body and then learning your body. Some of us don't know our bodies. We don't know our skin tone. You're looking externally. Remember I talked about the foundation. Some people are constantly looking externally. And so you're trying to dress like that person, but her skin tone is not your skin tone. So that color looks great on her. It won't look great on you. You're miss, or it just washes you out. It's just boring on you and you're missing it. Some of us, because we have such Eurocentric ideals. I love a good weave. I love, I love hair. You guys know I love hair, but I tell you, some of us, we, you wear the long silky looks and okay, that may be cute, but if you rocked a fro, if you saw yourself rocking a fro, you would be drop dead stunning. Some of us. And that's why in the Iconic Womanhood course, I really created, I wanted you to see the desire archetypes. Because if we can just get comfortable with how we are, OMG. Because what works for Lisa is not necessarily going to work for Nikkei, right? What works for Akene is not necessarily going to work for Amy. Everyone is different. You have to get really clear. And in fact, not only are you different from other people, you're different season to season. What you wore in your 20s may not work in your 40s. It's about who you are. So have that awareness. That's really important. That's really the definition of a woman who has style. An iconic woman should have a space to live that brings her joy. No matter how big or small the space is, you should be able to see yourself in your space. When you walk into it, it should make you feel like this is me. You should be expressed in the space. It should give you joy. It should give you peace. It should give you some measure of Yeah, pride even. It's your home. Many of us don't even realize it, but we live like we're refugees. Take a look at your house right now. Are you just, have you thrown things together? And you look better outside, but inside you don't treat it with regard? It's critical that you look around your house and say, how can I make this my own? Within my budget too, by the way. You don't have to break the bank. And when I talk about making it your own, it could just be, you know, maybe you'd like to read. Are there any books in your space? Maybe you like nature. Are there any plants in your space? You know, what is it that brings you joy? And it's not about anyone else. And you come into my space at the moment, right? (laughs) I make jokes. There's a part of my house. I'm laughing because I've had a few friends over and we always crack up. I'm like, listen, I am a little, you know, a little glam, a little bohemian, a little, all of, I'm a mix. I'm very eclectic in my style. 
And, you know, sometimes I'm just a touch away from Gaudi. <laughs> and I kind of love it, right? Sometimes. And then when I don't, I'm ready to, you know, let me update that. That, that might have been just a little too much, right? So you, but it's yours. When you come into my space, you know, it's my house. It, it reflects me. And when I come in and I look around, I feel good about it because this is my space. It does reflect me. And it's an important investment where you live. I don't believe in breaking the bank. I don't believe that you should make yourself house poor, trying to prove a point or anything like that. I don't believe in being house poor. It's so important for me. Freedom is one of my highest values. So I'm never going to be um, enslaved to a mortgage in that, that makes me unable to do the things I want to do. That's just not who I am. Someone else might feel differently. But again, this is the thing about to thine own self be true. But in your space, no matter what kind of space, whether you live in a mansion or you live in a two-bedroom apartment, doesn't matter. Even if you live in a studio. My, my daughter, my older daughter has her own place and it's so cute, so cute. And she's made it work just for her. And she's been so intentional and she has a little pop of color and it's just adorable. And, you know, she took her time and it's not lavish. It's her first, this is her first apartment. She's 20s in her twenties, you know, it's not about spending a ton of money. She's a smart, savvy young lady, but it is about being intentional. And I'm just so proud of the way she's put it together. And so every woman should be able to do that. Every woman should be able to do that. It should bring you joy. The next thing you need, I believe, <laughs> every iconic woman should have a go-to recipe, a go-to restaurant, and a go-to hostess gift. I'm going to start with the hostess gifts first. I actually think have a little thing in your closet because you just never know when you're running out the door and you're going to see someone. And I've just always been taught that it's bad manners to go to a get together party or dinner party without just empty handed. You have to take something. One of my go-to things is wine, right? Wine, champagne. I usually will have a couple of bottles. I'm not even a big wine drinker myself, but I have a couple of good bottles that I take with me when I'm going to someone's house because you cannot go wrong giving a hostess wine because they're typically serving wine. So if nothing else, they have another bottle to open up while everyone's there. Another thing you could do is flowers or plants. I, I give those as well, but those I typically have to go pick up. So it's a question of time, but I always try to have a little hostess gift. Other great hostess gifts are like, especially if you are thinking about for women, you know, um, Sense for the home, like diffusers, those types of things. I used to be so good about this and I'm getting better now because the last couple of years I've just been focused on so many other things. But I used to have one of, you know how most people have a linen closet that's not really as used as the other one? Well, not maybe not most people, but people that have two linen closets. One linen closet, I just used to put little gifts in there. So when I'd go to like, <laughs> I, live in, I live in the U.S., in the U.S., like little Marshalls, Home Goods, they have all these cute little things. I would buy a little extra, put it there. And when I'm going out, and I always just had little gift bags. When I'm going out, just grab them and go. Hostess gifts. Because when you go somewhere, you want to know how to be a great guest. And 
one of the things that starts the process of being a great guest is giving a nice gift. So a hostess gift. The second, let's talk about a go-to recipe. I think every woman should know how to cook. I think every person, cooking is a life skill. It's a life skill. Now, not every woman's going to like to cook. I hear you. But I think every woman should have a go-to recipe that she can use to wow in some way. And so if you don't like to cook, even if it's a go-to sandwich recipe, it could be eggs in the morning. I don't care what it is. I think an iconic woman should have one go-to thing. So if you're bringing a dish, you bring that one thing, right? Or at least this is why I think a restaurant is great. A go-to restaurant that you can order from. This is, and it's great food. In fact, you may want a couple of go-to restaurants, one for really fancy and one for just basic, right? Good quality food that you know, okay, you're going to love this. I highly recommend this. I think this is just, it's just one of those fun things. And what this speaks to is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And we often think that, you know, having a fabulous lifestyle has to do with being really wealthy and all of this. Like if I could just live in that place she lives and if I could just move to this city, no, it's wherever you are. So you could be in Atlanta like I am. Where's your go-to? Or you could be in Lagos. I don't care. Like, let me tell you, when I'm in Lagos and I visit, there is a go-to place I go for my suya. Not, and, and it's not like those people who are in Lagos. They know Glover, Ikoyi. It's not there. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a place I love to go. I'm not going to tell y'all where it is because y'all flooded. But I love to go there and I get fish suya too there. So good. Well, it's grilled fish. So good. Go to standard. You don't. I don't need to think about it. Like one, two, and it's done. Because you don't want to. You don't have to worry about thinking about stuff like that. I hate having to figure it out. I really do. So I love having a go to. Like quality food each time, and food is a go to. You have someone coming over. You should be able to like. Okay, I can either cook this really quickly or I can order this really quickly. You want to make sure you have great food because an iconic woman is a woman who knows how to be a great hostess and who knows how to be a great guest. We're getting to the end, ladies. An iconic woman should have a life juicy enough that when she gets to be older, when she starts to have that gray hair, I already have gray hair, but you know, when you're grayer than you're blacker, (laughs) you know, when you have more gray than black and you are slowing down just a little bit, you know, your stories, ooh, when people are like, auntie, tell us that story, have a juicy life. Because when you get older, you want to be able to look back and say, yeah, mm-hmm. baby, I lived. You know, have you seen that meme that said, ooh, we had a time last night. You want to be able to say, we had a time at some point, And I'm not talking about partying it up. Because everyone is different. I'm not that party girl. I don't have those stories. But I have some stories of adventures. I have some stories of pushing myself by faith. I have some stories of taking risks. I have some stories of success. I have some stories of failure. Ooh, wait a minute. That's I have some good stories of failure. So you want to be able to have lived this juicy life. 
And a juicy life for me is a life where I have full expression. There's so many of us that are just so contained and we are living a very mundane life. Like if your life is like everyone else's, what's iconic about it? What's iconic? If you might as well, if you know, how do I know you were here? That's what we want to know. You tell, you know, what was it? What's that thing about you? And every single one of us has it, but so many of us have dimmed our light. So many of us have turned that switch off and we try to fit in. I want you to live a life that allows you to stand out. What if you let yourself do that? And I, you know, just wanted to give some interesting things I've seen women do that are examples. And it depends on what you, what you're into. For example, um, one of our mastermind alumni who is in, I'm going to say in her fifties, forgive me, you know who you are. If I am calling the age wrong, but in her fifties, she's a physician, she's a, a professor, she's, you know, handling business, a mother, a wife. I loved that today, well, not today, this year, rather, this year, she did a triathlon. I've never done triathlon, so I was just so inspired. And let me tell you what was especially juicy about the story. She didn't know how to bike. Was it biking or, or swimming? There was something that she did not know because a triathlon, you're running, you're biking, and you're swimming. So there was one thing one piece of it that she didn't know how to do before deciding to sign up for this triathlon. And so she had to learn how to do it and then compete in it. I just love that. Just imagine when you're trying to tell someone, you know, maybe your granddaughter or your, your niece or your daughter, you're trying to encourage her and you're saying, listen, you can do the thing that you don't think you can do. Look at me when I was 50, I did this, this, this girl, I competed and I finished. Uh-huh. Doesn't it have more weight when you do that? Doesn't it have so much more weight? Live a juicy life. Take a risk. There's some of you that the risk you're going to take could even be as simple as, you know, saying hello to a, a gentleman you think is cute, giving him a compliment. Because some of us are so shy, we can't even do that, right? And so you just walk up. Well, hello, handsome. Okay, maybe you don't do quite that, but, you know, you look nice today. Look at you, GQ, whatever it is your personality is. And the first time you do it, it might feel like, oh my God. But then you realize there's a part of you that has a little flirt in you. Because that's the thing about new experiences. You discover new things about yourself. Today, interestingly enough, I ran into someone who is familiar with the iconic woman weekends that we do. And she says, every time I see it, I want to come. I'm going to come one of these days. I'm going to come. And then I said, okay, awesome, right? She literally just saw me in the store. It's funny because, you know, this is how you should be careful because I was heading out for a hike and um, I was rushing in to grab something. And so I was a uh, total hike mode, hair wild. <laughs> I hadn't even, you know, it was in the early in the morning. I hadn't showered and I was going for this hike, right? And uh, she's like, oh my God, your skin. I was like, thank the Lord that something is looking good because I was just, <laughs> just hustling out to go get some energy. And she said, listen, let me tell you something. I'm going to come, 
but I'm not going to snorkel. <laughs> so I started to laugh because I hear that a lot from different women. Like, you know, listen, I don't want any life-threatening um, activities. <laughs> now, those of you coming to Jamaica, you'll be glad to know that there will be no life-threatening activities. In fact, you're going to love the activity that we have planned for you and the deep meaning you're going to get through experiencing it. It's, there's an embodied, all of our activities are embodied experiences, embodied learning, embodied transformation. And so you're going to enjoy this particular one. But all of those things allow you to meet a different version of yourself that you didn't even know existed. And so that's why I encourage you to do those things, like be juicy, get out there. Like when you go through the Iconic Womanhood course, one of the um, classes is on really being able to, two of them, two, two that I'm going to talk about. One is pleasure and sensuality, which is really about you discovering the energetic value of pleasure and how to become a more sensual woman. And I'm not talking about a more sexual woman, but a more sensual woman, because it actually makes you more productive, more high performing, and it gives you a higher quality of life when you understand that. But one of the other modules is the magnetic and soulful lifestyle. You will live a beautiful life when you understand how to put some of these things in place. And one of the things I'm talking about is this idea of, I want to live a juicy life because too many of us are living dry lives. Too many of us. So we want to be able to move that around and live and really live. Okay. Last but not least, and remember I said, I'm going to give you a bonus. Last but not least, an iconic woman should have the ability to be at peace and content by herself and also in the company of others. This is critical. We have to be able to be comfortable alone. Being alone does not mean you're lonely, but many of us are afraid to be alone. Many of us don't know how to be alone. We have to be around people all the time. It's intriguing to me how there's constantly messaging to tell introverts how to be better right? And do this and do that. But there's not a lot of messaging around extroverts being quiet, right? <laughs> extroverts learning the introvert way, right? So the assumption is that the better way to be is extroversion. We're all, there's no better way to be. God created us all and all of them have value. But everyone does need to be able to be on their own at times. You do need to be quiet at times, especially if you're going to take the path of leadership. If you follow the life of Jesus, just read the, read the stories of Jesus, read the gospels, and you will find one thing is mentioned multiple times. Well, many things, but one thing I'm going to pull, pull out today, it says he withdrew often. Jesus withdrew often from the crowds, from his disciples. He withdrew often. And that's because there are going to be times when you need to be able to go it alone. There's some of you that want to come to Jamaica, for example, for the Iconic Woman Weekend. But you've called your friends, let's go, let's go. And they're all hemming and hawing. And you're like, you really want to go. But because you cannot get consensus, you're not going. And without realizing it, you've been living your life that way. Things that you want to do, 
you don't do because you can't get anyone else to go and do it with you. You have to do it with, with every, you know, your girls, you have to do it with your people. You've got to learn to do things by yourself sometimes. Like, you know what? Y'all, you, you guys don't want to go. Y'all not ready. Okay. I'm going. I'm, I'm getting on this plane. I don't know anyone there, but when I get there, I'm going to meet people. I am telling you, I'm living proof. You walk alone sometimes and you will be surprised how amazing life will be. I went to Ghana, right? Just earlier this year, I was going to uh, Nigeria for my dad's burial. And then I decided I was going to go through Ghana because I wanted to come back and spend a few days in Ghana. Now, of course, I know some people in Ghana, but it isn't like Lagos for me, right? So flying into Ghana, I'm on that plane by myself, right? Or fly, you know, get on the plane. I'm in the lounge, see a couple of interesting people. Hello, how are you? You know, again, then get on the plane. And I struck up great conversation with the gentleman in front of me who I'd seen in the lounge prior and he happened to be sitting in front of me and then he just turned around we just started talking and it was a great conversation we've talked a little while since nothing um get your mind right (laughs) very very platonic in fact business conversations actually and it is powerful to recognize what can happen when you open yourself up? Because very often when you're always traveling in packs and you need your girlfriends, then you focus only on the people you came with and you miss all the people around you, especially, can I just give a little sidebar, especially if you're single and open to mingling, you might want to try some single moves by yourself. It's really important. But just like it's important to be comfortable by yourself, you also have to be comfortable with others. And in particular, you have to even be comfortable with yourself with others. You have to be comfortable if you're with others and for whatever reason, it's not gelling, you can still roll. You can still be cordial. You can still be cool. You can still have a good time, no matter what. You're social. Hey, ha ha, moving on. You can be comfortable with people and open enough that If they're really your people, they're good people, you can trust them, you can open up to them. You learn how to open up because some people can't even open up, right? You open up when they're safe. You you allow yourself to connect at a deeper level. I can testify that I didn't always have that skill. For years, right, I would be with people but not be by myself, really, honestly. Extremely insular, extremely. I was hyper-independent and... Hyper-independence is actually a trauma response. So because of some experiences I'd had in my life as a child, as a young person, uh, and even going to boarding school, which we all went, you know, not we all, but the, the people I went to boarding school with, right, we got through it, but there were some very traumatic things about it, especially for someone like myself. I went to boarding school and I was, how old was I? 10 years old. So 10 is quite young, right? And it was very traumatizing my first year. And that created a very tough exterior in some ways and not tough as in tough, and I'll talk back to you, but kind of closed, very closed. And then I came back to the US when I was 16, 17, 16, 17, just turned 17. And I was alone. And that 
again is another kind of trauma. None of these things are terrible things, but they were just, there's a kind of trauma, right? Shocking to the system. So you become extremely insular. I was dealing with culture shock, dealing with uh, racist experiences for the first time in my life. And, and that's very real, like, and just so many different things. It's like, wait a minute. And I miss my family. I felt, I felt, you know, disconnected. I was only 16, 17, right? I was 17. Just think about it. So those things caused me to become somebody who was with people, but always with myself. And that disconnects you from the opportunity to have real deep relationships because people want to connect to you. And it was only after doing my healing work, right? And and this is where the course really came from, my own deep work, realizing the cost of not knowing and not doing this work. And now I've had women in their 50s. I've had women in their 30s. I've had married women, single women, divorced women, widowed women. I've had women who have PhDs in psychology. I've had women who are who have masters in divinity. I've had women who are engineers, who are doctors. I've had women who are students who are, ta- who are taking this exact same course say to me, oh my God. I wish I did this with my 20s. I didn't even know. Oh my God, I'm so grateful I'm doing this now. Oh my God, I cried during this one module. I got to see myself and I finally understood myself. Oh my God, I feel alive. Oh my God. Now, I feel like I can be a woman. Many of these women are mothers even. I say this to let you know that it's not about you don't know because you're so young and this is only for young women. This is not true. There are so many of us that have learned coping mechanisms, so many of us that are living a, a dry life, so many of us that don't have the autonomy or that the only way we know how to be have our agencies to take it by force and to be controlling so many of us don't know how to be our most desirable self. So many of us don't understand what real resilience is. And so we're trying to be strong. So we don't show our vulnerability. We don't let ourselves cry. We don't let ourselves grieve. So many of us are living lives devoid of passion. We don't really understand. So many of us are living lives without the right foundations. And if the foundation be broken, what can the righteous do? And so I wanted to give you 10 things to think about. And here's the last thing, the last bonus. An iconic woman should have a relationship with God. Not religion, but a relationship with God. Because you need to know how much God loves you just the way you are. You need to know that you were made intentionally, fearfully, and wonderfully for a purpose. You need to know how much you matter to God, that he cares for the lilies of the valleys and the the birds in the air, and he cares so much more for you, that he's opened doors for you, that he's made a way for you, that he's blessing you. You just have to learn how to receive it, that you can trust this relationship. 
and that you also have a relationship with him. And there's a call upon your life. There are things that he's asking you to do because the relationship goes two ways. And if you love God, it shows up in the way you live your life. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for you. That you come into relationship with God. I was in church for years, but I did not come into a true relationship with God until my 30s. It is a game changer. I pray that you know how much God loves you, even now. And so, I've given you 10 plus 1, things that every iconic woman should have. I want you to know you're iconic. I don't care how you feel right now. I don't care what your life looks like. You are iconic, period, point blank. <laughs> now, all you have to do is believe it and start to be in the living of it. One of the critical things I'm going to advise you to do is to get off the fence. If you've not taken the Iconic Womanhood course, take the course. Make an investment in yourself because you're worth it. And this is a proven product. I'm not going anywhere. I've been here for years. I've been saying the same thing. I, I'm nothing if not consistent. And so I want to encourage you to take the Iconic Womanhood course, build your foundations, reclaim your feminine voice, live a life filled with passion, understand how to be your most desirable self, become confident and powerful, sensual and spiritual. Become that Iconic Woman you were born to be. God bless you. Be well. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. If you are listening to this show, it probably means you are ready to move from success into significance. Please visit us at iconicwomanhood.com and get a free gift to help you on your journey.